Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And tonight, I've got three moms on the phone. Liz, Susan, and Melinda. And this show, I'm calling it Calling All God-Fearing Men and Women. And I'll tell you why. Because it's time for us to walk the line. What I want to say here is, if this is going on in their lives, it's probably going on in a lot of your lives. And so I'm calling all these God-fearing women and men to come up and help us do something here. But first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to Liz, and she's going to tell you the situation and what she's tried to do so far about it, and then we'll go on from there. And towards the end of the show, I'm going to give you kind of the answer of what we're going to do to help her. Liz? Thank you, Todd. Okay, basically, I live in southern New Jersey. I'm a military wife. I came to realize that I've been living next to a mess lab for at least since 2010. Never thought that I would be in this type of situation before. I'm going to run through some bullet points as to how I determined it was in that lab. Number one, I simply came home. Um, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. I went to simply take my car for servicing. I came back home. I pulled up in front of my house. There was a flag on the house in question, which I consider suspicious, was up on a Saturday afternoon when the mail person already had come through. It was late in the afternoon. I wait. I waited. That particular night I was home. The house was quiet. My children were out. My husband was away on uh, military business. It turns out that the wife that lived there was a couple, uh, two children from the first marriage. This was the second marriage. The wife had come in the middle of the night, went to the mailbox, and left. So I thought that was very odd. Right then and there, I... Every time a car would come, they would either go to the mailbox or people would be in and out of the garage. At that point, there was only one garage in front of the house. The big thing that led me to believe that it was a met lab was this. In 2010, I had major renovations on my house. My husband wanted to complete all the renovations on our house at the same time. So trust me when I tell you this was a major operation. Once we completed our renovation. The house in question decided to do major renovations on their house. What piqued my interest was I had um, already, for a while, started smelling the smell of chemicals, like something was burning, it smelled to me like chemicals. So when I went out into my yard to investigate um, where our house is me, on the one side of my house, uh, well, let me, let me just say I have a ranch house. My family room, I have two bathrooms. The one bathroom is to the, on the side of the house where our houses meet. And uh, at that point, they had um, a vent or a pipe on the, on the side of the house where our houses meet. 
But what they did during the renovations was they put two two candy cane pipes in the middle of, of the back of the roof. I've never seen anything like that. On I, I've looked at hundreds of houses, all different shapes, sizes, and types. And I never, these looked like more like battery vents, like they were venting something. And with with the smell, I started becoming more and more suspicious. It was, it was, it's always been the smell of chemicals and burning. And they always used to seem like they did it on the weekend. That, that seemed like when all the activity would take place. And I always would smell it at night. Uh, there was always strange activity at night cars coming and going, like I said, they would always go in and out of the garage. Every time somebody would come, it was always in the garage, very quick, like water, in, out, in, out, in, out. But getting back to these vents, the reason I felt it was a Met Lab was because um, a very good friend of mine who owns an antique shop in the next store, uh, the next town over from me, we became very good friends. Her whole family is high-level law enforcement including her father, who unfortunately passed away just recently, but he was a retired uh, FBI guy. She had come to my house to deliver an antique lamp that I bought from her shop. And when she came to my house, she's like, do you realize that the smell, there's a smell, and do you realize that you're living next to a met lab? I was like, how how did you know? And she said she turned her own brother in for running a met lab. And she real recognized the smell, and that's when I realized I had a problem. From there, she had put her father down, like I said, who was a retired FBI guy, and drove around the block. He could literally smell this stench all around the block. The other thing that um, in my house, even with all my doors and windows closed, I could smell the smell in the back of my family room and especially in my bathroom. And I have a residue from what they're doing inside my windowsill. This is not dust. It's not dirt. It's like a residue from whatever they're making or burning. Also, on many nights, I've woke up. My throat's constantly sore. My eyes are constantly burning. Actually, water pouring out of my eyes. Just constant headaches. And I feel nauseous to the point where I have to leave my house. The other thing was they always have somebody inside the house watching the house. They also have security cameras on the house. They're constantly watching the area to see who is coming and going, and they won't leave the house until everybody's gone, and then they'll they'll do their business. And the activity has increased over the years. This has been going on since I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt, and basically my you know, they were new people, you know, um, I pretty much try to, I'm a good person, I try to not judge anybody. I have children, I was raising young children, predominantly on my own, because like I said, my husband's a captain in the Navy, almost 30 years, he's a military guy, and went to Iraq, he was always away, I was kind of doing this all on my own. And so I tried to get help, and, uh, my husband wound up with three heart surgeries, and I didn't want him breathing all this chemical smell. So I went to the local police department by myself, and I talked to several of the police officers there, even police officers that I personally knew. And they all said, ignore it. What do you want us to do about it? There's nothing we could do. Try moving. And a lot of them just said, ignore it. 
including I have a state, a retired state trooper across the street from me when we first moved down here in about 92, 93. What happened was even he told me to ignore it, and he's right across the street from me. I went to him initially. He was the first person I went to about the situation. I went to him in good faith. You know, he, I thought he was my neighbor. He knew my husband was always away. He was a retired state trooper, and he point out blank told me to ignore it, and I knew right then and there I had a problem, that I wasn't getting the help I needed. So I went above them. I, um, then I had my husband go to the, to the police department, and they said the same thing to him. So we knew that we weren't getting anywhere. Uh, one of our good friends, Erin, who tried to help us all along with this situation, because like I said, her whole family is high-level law enforcement, she told me that there was some kind of connection between the local uh, police department and this house, that somebody in this house was married to somebody in this family, and that there was some kind of connection. It was very obvious. Every time I went to this local police department, it was very obvious that we weren't getting the help that we needed. So I went above them. So I went to Ocean County Prosecutor's Office. I spoke to the Drug Task Force. I spoke to... Because at this point, I felt like I was living in a dangerous situation. Whatever, it was obvious that there was some kind of activity going on. I felt like I needed more help. And so the county prosecutors, at the same time, the local police chief at the time was Chief William Nally. And he started intimidating me to the point where I was out of school. Like, I, I was very active in the community over the years. And I was, I was at a school function in 2010. My sons were graduating that year from high school. And at the end of the school year, they always had a lot of special events for the children um, who were graduating. And I was at a school event. I was talking to specifically, to, I was walking, it was so weird because what happened was for this particular, most of the events are free. But the, this particular night, I was at school. It was at the end of 2010, at the end of the school year. And I was walking down the hallway, and I see two lazy police officers behind one of the chairs of the department who was, you had to get a ticket for $5. It was like a fashion show night for the kids. And so I walked up, and as I'm walking up, I see the look on their faces like a ghost, like their jaws just dropped to the floor. And I couldn't understand. I was like looking at the chair, and then the two officers were behind her. And what happened was, all of a sudden, I felt the shove. And at the time, when we were doing the renovations, my I broke my my hand really bad, and my hand was still in a cast. And I felt the shove, and I turned around and it was him. And when I, when I felt the shove, I grabbed onto the table, so I wouldn't fall to the floor. My husband's like, "You should have." When I told him, he's like, "You should have fallen to the floor." It was really, really, uh, like, unbelievable. So I didn't say anything. The two officers absolutely witnessed it, and this wasn't the only time I, he would intimidate me. There were times when I would go to school functions, he would sit next to me. When my husband and I would go, go for, like, a special dinner date night at um, our favorite restaurant, he would come in and sit next to us. I would be at several different community events in town, and he would come in and just, like, look at me and stare at me, and I just felt like, you know, he knew what was going on. He knew the word was, and I got it from a lot of people, that the police department couldn't be trusted, that there was a lot of drugs going on in town, 
the kids in the high school called Lacey High School, Heroin High. I got it from a lot of people that this was the place to buy um, any kind of drug that you wanted. So it was well-known fact, and it was well-known fact that the police would look away. And it's been like this for years, ever since I lived here. And like I said, I'm from North Jersey. I came to South Jersey. I didn't know the situation until it was like, almost like, I was saying, it's more like um, pieces to a puzzle. It wasn't any one thing. It was just a series of events and series of things that I started realizing that there was a bigger problem, a, a bigger picture. So at the time, our committee woman, Helen Bella Cruz, who is a, a wonderful person, she owns a business in town, and she's also a supreme, she still is, uh, she does, she also, actually, her husband, uh, Dr. Della Cruz, was a, a general surgeon at our local hospital, and he actually operated on me. I had a serious uh, infection in my stomach, and he operated on me, and I thought I had cancer, and he, he like, really did a wonderful job. I can't say enough about this family. They have a wonderful son. She's a beautiful person. She's an excellent nurse. She's a nurse, a specialized nurse in New York. And I went to her as a friend, and she was actually in my house. She smelled the smell. And I, you know, explained the whole situation. And she was the one that was brave enough to go to Nally and confront him, who was the police chief at the time. And right after that, he um, took an uncelebrated leave. All of a sudden, the word was out that he stepped down, as well as 15 other police officers stepped down with him. So I don't know what was said. I wasn't at that meeting, but she told me that she had gone to him and confronted him about what he did to me. And then all of a sudden, he was gone. And they had, there was been like, I can't tell you how many police chiefs since we lived here. It, just like, it, it was a well-known fact that this police department was shaky. So I went on to Ocean County Prosecutor's Office, and when Nally did that to me, I went to Internal Affairs, Lieutenant Petrica, and reported what Nally was doing. I felt like intimidating me. And then on top of that, I went to uh, Belinda Erin and I, as mom, went to Kim Chichillo, who was a sergeant at the time in the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office, and we each gave Kim, you know, many events that were going on in town, that things weren't adding up, that there was a lot of corruption going on, a lot of people looking away. Once I can testify that um, she spoke to several funeral inspectors in the area of children dying from drugs. Let, let's go over to Melinda, and I, I want her to tell a little bit about what's going on with these kids dying. Okay, Liz, I'll be talking for a minute here. Just a minute. Okay, go ahead. All right. I'm Melinda. I've been fighting alongside Liz. We have quickly realized that corruption throughout Ocean County, New Jersey, is the problem. The local police have been protecting criminal activities for decades, including meth labs and drug houses. We have confirmation that it's at an epidemic level of drug-related deceased children. Drug-related. We spoke to, I in particular spoke to individuals who are associated with a family. This family owns seven funeral homes throughout Ocean County. So if there's anybody who realizes very quickly that they are not burying grandma and grandpa 
mom and dad, aunt and uncle, they are bearing nothing but children. And it saddens them to the point that the owner of this particular chain of funeral homes decided to run for office. He had no clue what he was up against because they are entrenched. The freeholders, the committee people, they are entrenched in protecting one another's secrets and protecting one another. We have, if anyone ever pulled a list of Let's just call them suicides because that's what the local authorities call them. If they pulled a list of suicides just in Ocean County alone, and then someone who has the experience and the backing of FBI testing material and equipment, they would find out that the multiple numbers of suicides are, in fact, murders. As an example, one woman was found up, rolled up in the rug. She was shoved in the corner of her attic, but the local authorities called that a suicide. She was divorcing her husband. It was an ugly divorce, so she rolled herself up in the rug. She shoved herself in the rug in the corner of the attic, and they only found her when she decayed. This is the kind of nonsense that has been going on throughout Ocean County for more than a decade that I've been involved in this. We went to the local police chiefs in this particular town, and each time Liz and I both, side by side, two courageous moms showed up, and we were not allowed to speak to the chiefs after Nally. We only spoke to a detective. We told them the entire story. We listed local meth labs, local drug houses, and that detective said, we'll take care of it, we'll look into it, and all of a sudden that police chief stepped down. Here came another police chief, but they're all from the same cesspool the same cesspool of the original police department officers. And that pattern kept repeating itself. We are now on the very last police chief who currently is from the bottom of that cesspool. He's the last one. When he steps down or he's gone to jail, then the cesspool has been completely emptied. So they would have to go outside to get someone to take over a very dirty, corrupt police department. One neighbor has said that across the street from her near a Clune Park. Clune Park is for small children, seven, eight-year-old children playing baseball. Two houses from Clune Park, these are small children. These are grade school children, lower-level grade school children. There is a man selling drugs. He solicits his son's assistance because he's the same age as these children, maybe just a year or two older, and he is used... This this man's son is used to go to Clune Park, talk these children into having the free drug and then the paid-for drugs, and then the father gets all the money. Well, that was reported to the same Lacey Township Police Department. There was a witness that actually heard the police officer from Lacey Township go and knock on that man's door. Only two houses from a grade school level park where small children play and say, listen, we're getting a lot of phone calls about you. Cool it for a while until the phone calls stop. He received a warning. This drug dealer, with the help of his son, received a warning from the Lacey Police Department and officers came by. In reference to Liz's meth lab, we finally contacted the Sheriff's Department. And when we spoke to the Sheriff's Department, he was absolutely alarmed, sincerely alarmed, and he said, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this right away. He said, don't worry about don't forget, it. Don't forget, I'm sorry, just want to interject. Um, I also went to the local fire department. I didn't know 
because I'm not from here, that they were volunteer. We called the, I spoke to the fire department chief. He told me, I can't get involved because you have to go to the local police. I called them about the smell to come down and investigate it. They never showed up. One lazy police car showed up to warn these people that they were going to come. They never, they never came like we, like we thought that a met lab would be busted. They never came down. They, so I went in my car and I, I went to the fire department because I, like I said, I wasn't from the area. I didn't know how things worked. They never showed up. They never got, they never put the call through. They, they never, the, the police, the police up in, for whatever reason, either the getting paid off or the, this house is being protected by the local cops or whatever their, their, their scenario is, the fire department never helped us, never came. I, so I went further. Once that happened, I said, there is something really, really going on here. I went further up. I went to the DEA. The DEA strung me along uh, two years. They would call me and they were like, oh, you know, well, sometimes, you know, you think something's going on and it's really not going on. You know, like you think that it's one way and it's really another way. And, you know, then they're like, they, they were kind of giving me a runaround. And then this guy would call me from the DEA and he'd be like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, what's going on? Like, almost like trying to get information. But I think he was, you know, being directed by the, the police chief to see, you know, what how much I knew. I think that's. That's what it really was about, you know, how much information I really had and, and what I know. But I'm well connected in town, and little by little, like I said, it was almost like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle. I started started putting things together. And then um, at the same time, uh, one more thing, these people, and I don't know how fast through zoning, they have a second garage behind the fence. Currently, why I'm so upset is because the situation has gotten much worse. There's a young guy in this garage all day long. I was told that this guy has a lot of money, that he changes cell phones. He has a lot of cell phones. He uses cell phones. And um, they can't track him because he's always changing cell phones, that he has a lot of money, that he has a lot of houses. And now, on top of that, he has a camper, which is actually sitting on my property, and he uses the camper. He leaves on a Friday. He'll come back on a Sunday or a Monday. We think there's a Virginia connection because there's been uh, cars from Virginia out of state. And I've seen him in town and in the local towns here. My source um, has, one of my sources has confirmed that this activity is going on. Uh, this young guy that came in since Mother's Day now has been in the second garage. I see ultraviolet, like, type wave, like, I'll go up. Like, I hear, I constantly hear things at night. They constantly move at night. They have trucks, they have cars. They're, all this activity is constantly going out at night. I smell the chemicals. Everything, every single day in my yard, I have beautiful trees, bushes, flowers, shrubs that I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for. They're, everything is turning up dead. I have to constantly replace stuff. I can't open the windows on my house. I have my air conditioners running 24 hours a day. Like I said, my husband, not only is he military, but when he came back from Iraq, he had three major heart operations. The first one was life-threatening, and if he didn't have the first one operation, he would have died not even a month later. But fortunately, God was with us, and he's doing well. 
but at the same time, he can't be breathing this type of chemical smell. And and we we're constantly leaving our house. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, I'm in the middle of acting our house up. But more importantly, I'm afraid that one of these days, these people are going to make a mistake, and the whole the whole block will blow up. Because what these people are doing in this second garage is dangerous. I see. I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night now that I'm older. My bathroom is on that side of the house, and I've seen this for myself. This guy. Is in the garage currently with like ultra, like a ultraviolet, almost like a light that you would see in a greenhouse, like an ultraviolet type light with flashes of red in the middle of the night, all night long. This, these people are in this garage. When you guys first told me about this, I prayed and said, "Okay, Lord, what do we need to do here?" And I heard two names. I heard Susan, who we have on the line tonight, and I also heard Bill Winston, which I will bring up in a minute. But, Susan, yes, what do you think about this? Oh, boy. This is definitely a, a, a classic case. Okay, let me, let me just qualify with y'all a little bit. I used to be uh, a part of that, that world. I went from being a meth cook to an ordained minister. I um, have had manufacturing charges, trafficking charges. The Lord, you know, uh, delivered me from 15 years to life uh, in prison. Um, I've did a little time because of this type of lifestyle. And from this is a, a classic case of basically, if I can put it to you like this, of course, a, a dope house, a meth house. The things that I'm hearing about, the, the political things that are going on, it's very sad. Okay. It's very sad. And... We're, we're definitely, you know, wanting to really pull on God's heart for deliverance in this. Because it looks like and sounds like to me that the solution is going to come from heaven. Okay. The solution is going to come from God if I can just go there. Because it looks like y'all have turned every stone. You've turned every corner. You have contacted everybody that that you can contact the uh drug task force dea prosecution but she's been given that song and dance for the last 13 years that i know of and in right. one, at one point we went to once again another police chief at the lacey township forked river new jersey police department and we were not allowed to speak to the police chief at that moment and he knew we were there we were given uh, one of his underlings, and the underling is giving us a song and dance that I'm about to retire. There's nothing they can do to me, so I'm going to turn around and spend my last year on the force helping you, and I will move mountains to make sure that meth lab is taken down. He got a phone call from the police chief because he told us he did, and the police chief wanted to know what we wanted, what we were there for, and what were our intentions. So he excused himself. He went to speak to the police chief. He came back, and he actually told us the conversation that went on between he and the police chief, and he swore to us yet again that he would help us because there was nothing they could do to him since he was about to retire in a year or less. Well, let me tell you what happened afterwards. He received a promotion. He's still on the police force. He received a huge raise. His wife received a job at the local school where it's called Heroin High rather than Lacey Township High School. So everyone that Liz and I over the last 13 years have communicated with, funny thing, they all receive raises, promotions, 
job transfers to better jobs, bigger jobs, more important jobs, but nobody's taking down the meth lab and no one is dealing with the epidemic level of drug-related children. And when you have the DEA saying go to the prosecutor's office and you have the sheriff and everybody else in between saying go to the prosecutor's office, there's who you must communicate with. It's their jurisdiction. It's their problem. And they don't do anything about it because it is in itself a cesspool of corruption and devious behavior by most of the people that are attached to it and a few good ones who want to help, they're stonewalled into a corner and being told to shut up and leave this alone, stay away from it. So we're talking major corruption, criminal activity protecting meth labs and drug houses. And when she first started this fight single-handedly by herself, this little warrior mom, two meth labs in the community blew up. So we know they blow up, and still she is living in a desperate situation. She received blood workup. The blood workup simply acknowledges that she has a level of contamination that is airborne related. So her own body is a testimony. The soil. I have a problem with my inflammation. My inflammation is at the antibody. I was tested positive for. I have a positive ANA. I went to the rheumatologist. She did a really big, huge workup. I, I've never felt so sick. She said the inflammation is targeting my muscles, something to do with my antibodies. And she's th- thinking about putting me on a major, um, some kind of major Mexitrack. I can't say that word. Mexit something. It's a, it's a really big uh, medicine, but it has a lot of side effects, and she is told me to think about it and see what I wanted to do. But when I, um, basically what I was diagnosed with was an unspecified autoimmune system disorder. And they're saying that um, when I looked it up, they said that one of the triggers could be environmental. I am positive. I, I have never felt as sick as I do now. I literally leave my house. I'm packing my house up because I don't know what else to do. My husband's had three heart surgeries. My children, I already moved my children out of the house into a safe area. And I was able to do that this year. And I'm happy that they're not here. I should not have to be living like this. I'm going to play a Stop. Bill Winston clip. So what happened in this little storefront church? So the lady came in and said, hey, you know, what, 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 um, uh, where's the pastor? I said, I'm the pastor. Well, I need your help. I said, what do you need, lady? I, I need you to help me with these drug dealers. They're coming, taking over the block. They start, um, you know, uh, selling drugs at 12 noon and they quit at 12 midnight. And I need your help. I said, fine, get in this circle. Now, what am I doing? I'm going to headquarters. I'm going to get a word from God as to what to do. I need a command. He that has my commandments and keeps them, it's he that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved, my father, and and in love, and I'll manifest myself. So I need a command. I'm going to God. God said, Tell her to take the oil, bless the oil, give it to her, and tell her to pour it down the middle of the street. Boom! Just like that. Now, where's the backup plan? He don't have none because the first one worked. He don't have no backup plan, man. You don't need no two, three plans. Come on. This this, 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 this different from the world. So I gave her that. She took that bottle. We blessed it. She went down there and poured it down the street. Next thing you know, come back three or four days later, pastor, guess what? Well, I knew what because the work won't come back void. She said, 
They came out that one hour, the next day, and left and never came back. Well, here's the deal. With oil, it is the Holy Ghost in a bottle. Now, we know you can't bottle up the Holy Ghost. So just get, just take the words that I've, I've saying here. Just say what I'm saying. It's the Holy Ghost in the bottle. I'm saying, as you pour that out, you are lying in that street with God. With the presence of Almighty God, no demon can stay in the presence of Almighty God. Now, if I can do that with drug dealers, I can do it with gangs. I can do it with Al-Qaeda. I can do it. Don't don't tell me what I can't do. And I'm telling you, we don't think supernaturally. Why? We slipped our standards. Our standards and come down here where if the police can't take it, then it can't be done. Folks, let me tell you, Paul didn't have no police going with him. Come on, Jesus didn't have no police walking around with him. Listen, I I understand that. This is what we do. But I'm telling you, the church has got to come up to another level. I feel like that's what God is saying we need to do here, but not just here, because I think that what we need to do is every person we can get listening, if they will do this, not only in front of the meth houses, but in front of abortion clinics, in front of the police stations, in front of, you know, there's so much we can do, but it's got to be done in the spirit. Just like you're, you're telling us right now, you've gone to everybody that you can physically go to, but we know that ultimately we've got to turn to God and allow him to do this. And it, it also, it will get done a lot quicker. Don't you agree, Susan? Yes. Yes, totally. And we, we will see, I, I will believe we will join in faith and we will believe together that, you know, God will bring the resolution through the revelation of pulling on the anointing, spreading the oil of deliverance, wisdom, justice to come into this situation. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe with y'all. And yes, I've, I've seen the clip and it's wonderful. I, um, I believe that we have got to join together definitely whatever that looks like you know devote time to to prayer to fasting to spreading the oil whatever needs to be done i I believe that god has the revelation and the resolution for this completely in the name of jesus what what i'd like you to do susan is i i want i don't want to keep this show going too long and i want you to to pray not only especially since you were in that world, you know how to pray for these people to open their eyes because they have to get an understanding that to realize what they're doing to get out of it. Either that or they got to get arrested and go to prison and go through all the stuff you went through to be able to turn mm-hmm. around. I, I also want you to pray. All these people can take a, a bottle of olive oil in their hand and they can do exactly what Bill Winston's saying and he doesn't have to pray over that bottle. Susan, you can pray over that bottle now. And it, there, there's, it doesn't matter if, if you're in China and they're in, you know, Africa or whatever, it doesn't matter. They can lay their own hand on the bottle and you can pray over it 
and God's anointing will be on that bottle to pour down the street, and we will see this get done and finish up. Absolutely. I, I totally agree, and it's an honor and a privilege to pray. And if if everybody's ready, we can do it right now. Do you want to do it right now? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Yes, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, first of all, God, we just lift up the name of Jesus, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, I thank you that you draw all men unto yourself through that name of Christ Jesus, that all shall be saved, all shall be healed, all shall be delivered. And God, I thank you that Jesus' name is also called justice. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for justice coming to this situation. God, I just cover this whole situation, and I cover the house in the blood of Jesus. I cover this house right now that no weapon formed against this house shall ever prosper. I cover this house in the lights of Christ. I cover this house in your love, God. I cover this house right now in your grace, Father. I cover this house right now, and I soak it in the oil that is already anointed and blessed right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, we here are coming into unity by faith, Father, in the spirit of things and declaring the oil is blessed to be spread for justice, for deliverance, for the conviction of the Holy Ghost, for the fire of the Holy Ghost, to bring into order this whole situation, God, right now, right now, Father, I just declare right now justice. I declare right now deliverance. I declare right now, Father, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that right now, Father, all those chemicals, all the things that are going on inside of this house, Father, right now, I curse it at the roots right now. I curse that spirit of witchcraft. I curse that spirit of addiction. I curse all of that rebellion. I curse any plot plan scheme of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus father I declare I declare justice I declare justice father I take authority over anything that is coming against his family also father right now and father right now I just want to confess look we repent of all things father we repent, we forgive, we give it all to you, Daddy, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we repent, we ask for mercy, God. I've already lived this lifestyle, I've already seen how this looks, Father. Father, I'm asking, Father, for justice for everybody that lives in this house, God. I declare their eyes to be open, their heart to be open, God, right now. I declare the, the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And I want to go as far as saying that, God, that nothing ever comes out of that house ever again to be anything, God, that will ever work, that will be any good, that, will, that, that whole business will shut down. I know how this business is run, God, and I declare 
in the name of Jesus, that God, you will turn away from all, all people trying to come to this house also, Daddy. I declare every person to turn around. I declare nobody to ever come back to this house in the name of Jesus. I declare, God, that if it's going to blow up, I hope and pray, God, that nobody gets hurt because I've seen a whole apartment building get burnt down to the ground and we had to rescue people out of it. Father, I declare, Father, let justice come to the situation. I declare healing for my sister right now also. I declare healing for her husband right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the opening of heaven for this life, for what they are calling God, this life that is a that is not of you, God. I declare right now, God, just redemption of every person, place, and thing. God, we want them to be saved. We want them to be, we want their hearts to be turned towards you, God, right now. God, we ask right now, Father, for a breakthrough in this situation, Father. We ask for breakthrough. Breakthrough. God, I ask right now for Psalm 91 protection also over the family, Father. A religious family. Father, I declare Psalm 103.20 for the angels to move on the hearkening of the word of justice. For the angels to move on the hearkening of the word for protection. We declare right now, Father, breakthrough. I ask right now, God, for breakthrough to come in this situation. Father, we pull on your heart, God, right now. We pull on your heart, Daddy. We pull on your heart, God. We pull on heaven right now, Father. I thank you, Father, for Liz's family in her house and her household. God, for a firewall of glory to be in and about and around that house. Father, I ask right now for the angelic host to be in and about and around that house, Father, for Liz's family to be safe, be, be protected right now. Father, right now, I ask right now for healing to flow through that house right now, the power of the Holy Ghost. Right now, I ask right now, Father, for the blood the light of Christ, to go in, Father. I also, Father, I pray right now that every political person, Father, police, drug task force, DEA, all the, of the political authority, police, all of them, God, I pray right now that you touch their hearts, Father. And, Father, it says in the book of Romans for us to pray for the authority that you have put in position, God, and right now, we do repent on behalf of those authority, Father, that you put into to position of authority, Father, and the police and all of the authority, Father. We repent of everything, Daddy. You say that we can come to you, God, in repentance for our brothers and our sisters, for things that have been done. So, Father, I ask right now for repentance and forgiveness to flow. Father, let the blood of Jesus wash and cleanse all of the authority. Father, I ask right now, God, covering all areas, Father. Of every person in authority, Daddy, we ask for mercy, Father. We ask right now, even for the for everybody in this whole situation, God, I lift them all up to the courts of heaven. It says in Daniel seven nine through ten, Father, that we can come into the courts of heaven and we can we can lay our petition to you, God, and I lay it in the courts of heaven right now, Father. And I ask for the fire to come from your mouth of mercy and justice. Father, I ask right now, Father, because we have forgiven, we have repented, Father. We're asking for mercy, Daddy, on the house, the family, 
everything, God. We're asking for a turnaround. We're asking, God, for, for even the people inside of the meth house, because I've seen this so many times, God. We want their heart to be turned towards you, God. But let them just stop doing what they're doing. Let them walk away from that mixing bowl. Let them walk away from the lights and all that stuff, Father. Just let them walk away, God. Just let them walk away, Father. But also, let your justice come, Daddy. Bring them safely back into the kingdom of God where they belong, Father. We repent of any rebellion. We repent of all things, Daddy. We're just asking for help, Father. We're asking you, God, for the evil works of the enemy to be taken off the house, to be taken off the people. We're asking, God, for healing of Liz's family, Father. We're asking, Father, for everybody involved, God, for their hearts to be turned towards you, for healing, deliverance, justice to come to this whole situation, God. They've gone high and low, and they've done this and that and the third, Father. We're asking now. We're pulling on heaven, Father. We lift that eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. It comes from you, God, the one that does not sleep or slumber, Father. The one that keeps us, keeps Israel, Daddy. We're asking you right now for that help to come. Let the host of heaven come, Daddy. We're asking you, God, for this. We seal this prayer in the blood of Jesus. And we declare right now that this is done. We all agree and we all say in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. 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 I want to tell you what I saw while you were praying. Susan, oh, my God, thank you ever so much in behalf of Liz and all those souls. This is the image I I saw. First, I saw a black room. I, I think it was a black space. No light whatsoever. And as you continue to pray, it became a marbling of black and gray. And then it became a marbling of gray and a dirty green. And then it became from a dirty green, like an apple rolled around in the mud. Then it became a brighter yellow. The green faded away to a yellow. That's the light of God. Then I saw... I saw a line in the sand, and our little mighty mother over here, Liz, first I saw Liz on one end of the line. She was the one that took her little tiny foot, and she drew the line in the sand. She stood alone on one end of the line. All those people we went to, all those people that are selling the drugs, all those corrupt police, corrupt politicians, all the corrupt uh, prosecutor's office staff members, they're all on the other end of the line. I could not see, I could not see the end of the line. There were so many corrupt individuals who shouldn't be doing their job. But here on the other end of the line is Liz and her little bitty foot all by herself, and she drew the the line in the sand. And when you were praying, all of a sudden, I saw the back of Jesus. He was in his white robe and his long, flowing brown hair, and he took his left arm, and he stood right to her right side. He took his left arm, and he wrapped it around her shoulder, and he ended it on the left of her shoulder where his fingers would come around and protect all of this little mama for her level of courage. And then when you said, oh, my dear Jesus, you said the host of hosts, 
all of a sudden I'm seeing all of these angels in armor, like in the days of the kings and the queens and the Romans. These angels, huge, massive angels, great in number, were all in the opposite end now behind Liz and Jesus, and their armor is glistening, and it's just Jesus and some little space, not more than not more than ten inches, and there's soldier after soldier after soldier, but they're the host of holy warriors, and they were ready to move forward with the word of Jesus. They were just in a holding pattern, waiting for their instructions from Jesus. That's what I saw while you were talking, and here is this little tiny petite mama, and she had Jesus at her side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, guys, I think we're going to end the show on that. But I'm after the show. I'm going to play a song that somebody sent me. I I don't even remember what time I got up to go to work this morning, but usually it's three or four in the morning. But they sent me. Do you remember that old song? I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. When I heard that this morning, I thought to myself, that's what we're doing today. We're going to go in the enemy's camp. We're going to take back what he's stolen. And it, it, you know what, Liz? We're going to wait and hear a good report from you. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Thank you. 